Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. That's good. They have to be good enough. Thank you, Welcome to Grandma Talkin'. <laughs> Delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic. Brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing musical guests of voices. <laughs> Riley! Hello. Chelsea! Hey. Jasmine! Hi. And host, Isaac <laughs> Recksteiner! Hey guys! What's going on? It's, sounds so normal. It's another week of Grand Moff talking. We made it, guys. We made it. At We're here last. again. It's almost 2018, guys. Can you believe another year? Wow. What is? It's like time is flying the closer I get to death. The years keep going by. <laughs> There's a reason I said the word Chelsea and not Jake. Would there is like a to reason. Expound upon that? <laughs> Chelsea, why don't you expound upon that? Why did he say Chelsea instead of Jake? Instead of Jake. Yeah. Um, well, we- he had a bad tummy ache, and so I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> guys, yeah. we, have, we, uh, we can tee up Jake right now and just Let's tee swing up. away Let's like tee Meryl signs. <laughs> Jake, look, here's the thing about Jake. Nice guy, mm-hmm. right? We sure. all agree. We all agree. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to recording this episode of this podcast, mm-hmm. completely unreliable. No because, kidding. Because he's not here. Where's Jake? Where he, you know what? Not here. Welcome to another episode of Where's Jake? Guys, <laughs> do any of the four people at this table know where Last Jake is? I heard he went to the bathroom and he never came back, but... <laughs> Typical. Well, <laughs> we sounds like him. He won't come out. So. <laughs> he's a real toilet faller in and flush the toiletter. <laughs> He's just slithering through the pipes. Are you saying he got suctioned in? How else do you flush yourself? <laughs> I've never tried. Um, Is that called a pity flush? What are those calling it? Pity flush. I don't know. No, it's what? not a pity flush. Is that a goldfish? You don't want to let the smell out or something? Courtesy flush. Courtesy flush. What is happening to our podcast? What is happening to our podcast? It's like a sad poop when you pity flush. Like. I don't know if this has ever been established on the show, but Chelsea over here and Isaac over there are cousins. Oh. So they think the same. That. The sausage is being made yeah. right here. I know. They think the same. They make the same jokes. Like a real Star Warsian uh, family heritage reveal live on air. <laughs> it really is. And also, Darth Vader is both of your fathers. Because that's in Star Wars. Right? Good job. I don't know. I think you feel and that wraps up another episode of Where's Jake? In reality. He's not here because he really right. didn't want to do a From a Certain Point of View episode, and that's what right. we want to do tonight. Yep, that's what we want to do tonight. He he has told us that he's going to be more sporadic as we get closer and closer mm-hmm. to his joyous wedding day. As we mourn his loss, let's go around the table <laughs> and give our favorite Jake memories. Jasmine, go first. I have none. Okay. Chelsea! Come back to me. Riley? <laughs> I will always remember the first time I met Jake. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked like Rivers Cuomo, and I know he loves hearing that. <laughs> But I saw him at BW3s, and he looked like the singer from Weezer. It's my favorite memory of Jake. <laughs> and if you want to hear my memory of Jake, then come to his wedding, guys. Yeah. You listen to the show. Why don't you come to his wedding? Are you going to toast him? Or roast him at his wedding? <laughs> gonna... Okay. We are going to call him Joast him. We are... <laughs> We are going to record a podcast from Jake's wedding, live from Jake's wedding. Yeah, that's well, going to be a hoot and a half. It'll be live for us, not for you guys. But um, okay, so we could twitch it. <laughs> we could twitch Good. it. <gasps> we should. What if we his twitch wedding. the podcast? He's going to hate it. He's going to hate it. And so will Christina. Or just Instagram live it. I yeah, there you it. go. Okay, wow. so guys, is there any uh, pod grooming slash house 
um, keeping. Mm-hmm. I believe we have an email that we've gotten recently, but mm-hmm. so we got an email from someone who may or may not be related to me. Their name is Ted Bowman. You decide. Did you say her name? Convenient. Their name, I said. Oh. I don't know if I'm, this person's related this to me. This whole court has a name. But we got an email. Uh, they just listened to episode 11 of our mm-hmm. podcast where we talk about listener questions and such. We were talking about midi-chlorians. So he says, this is his opinion on midi-chlorians. In my humble opinion, which just happens to be right. A little arrogant. Midichlorians are just the receptors for the force. It's true, the force is all around us, but you have to have enough receptors in your body slash blood to be able to use the force. Makes a lot of sense to me. Look at it this way. There's electricity running through your house. All you have to do is plug into it. But if you plug in just the little fan, 10 RPMs, for example, it's getting technical here, that's all you're going to be able to use. But if you plug into it a... Oh, there it is, 4,000 RPM super fan... Like all of our super fans, that was me adding that in. I'm getting so bored with this question. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're going to use a lot more of that electricity. You love me. <laughs> so in your body slash blood, if you have a lot of midichlorians, then you can tap into the force. That's everywhere. and You can use it a lot. If you have a small amount, then you're not going to be able to tap into it. But even if you have a lot of those things, you still need to be trained how to plug it in or plug into it. So what do you think? Oh, boy. <laughs> I was getting Instagrammed. <laughs> I'm getting you live- just got Instagrammed. I'm getting live streamed. So um, there is the email that we got. Do we have any more things to say about about chlorians? Podcasting under the gun here. Anybody watching? There's so many things I would love to. Um, three people. One of them is my wife. Well, hey, Jamie. <laughs> um, so those were his thoughts on midichlorians. I, I guess that makes sense. You could plug into you could plug a small thing wow, in your uh, fan look inside I just, your own head i i just don't like i am getting inside my own head I, I don't like doing this live very much i just hate midichlorians and i would rather ignore that they exist hmm. this has been established does anybody have anything to say about midichlorians perhaps two people who weren't on the podcast when we talked about midichlorians i'm fine with sounds him. like you've been covered All by right. that last episode when you talked about midichlorians Kind of sounds like it. Well, thank you for writing in that email. If Jake was here, I'm sure he would agree with you. Because... That Ted Bowman's a nice lady. <laughs> Jake could be watching on Instagram Live right now, and he, he could is be. not. Hopefully he's not, because he's probably driving. <laughs> well, the... You just got to hold it in, in the middle of the steering wheel. <laughs> That's true. Why haven't they invented the television that sits right in the middle of the steering wheel that you can watch while you drive? Still probably because they don't do want people that. to die. <laughs> Gosh, Becca's watching now. Who's Becca? There's four people. Who's Becca? Becca. You know, oh. your sister-in-law, my sister. Hi, Becca. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, I hate this so much. I can stop. No, you want sorry, me to whatever. Stop? Okay, so. I'll stop. <laughs> Bye, this everybody. Grand Moff talking live. We're gonna go now. Listen in two weeks for this segment. episode. Thank you for sending in that email. We just don't have a lot to say about it, because, yeah, your theory is probably pretty sound when it comes to how midichlorians work. I just don't like to think about midichlorians anymore. <laughs> anymore. Excuse me, I got choked up there. Do we have any other pod grooming? So, guys. Yes. A dedication that we have this week Ooh, a to give to a person is someone thing. who's been on the short list to get dedicated for a while. 
but we haven't yet, and now we're going to do it we're since do Jake's it. gone, because Jake's been vehemently opposed. <laughs> that and Jake's not Jake. here to deny it. <laughs> that darn Jake. That darn Jake. That's another episode of That Darn Jake. <laughs> Favorite thing. Guys, there's someone, there's a little thing called hashtag capital F, capital F. And where I come from, that stands for Follow Friday. Right. And also where I come from, if you get a follow on Twitter, that's kind of a little nudge in the, uh, the old shoulder of like, hey, I see what you're doing. And I'm going to pay attention to what you're doing on the internet. Yeah. And people like that. They do. They love it. I they want, want some more, more of it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Simpatico. <laughs> so this is, here's the thing. There's a man on Twitter who's been so nice to us, who's shown possibly the most Follow Friday love of anyone on the great website we call Twitter. It's true. And that man's name is Mr. Ryan Bullock. At, I'm going to take a stab at the pronunciation of the handle, Razakairen. R-A-Z-A-K-Y-R-E-N. If you're listening, tell us how you pronounce that. I think you got <laughs> you it. In, I think you got it in one. <laughs> I think you got it in one. I think you were correct. Razakairen. Sure. All I right, like so it. It sounds good. Ryan Bullock, let's uh, go around the table and give our f- favorite Ryan Bullock memory. Jasmine? Uh, learning about him. That was good. Great, Chelsea. Was that good. was my answer. Great. Riley? <laughs> um, I remember the first time he said uh, he, he tagged us in the hashtag FF. And I was very confused, and I texted Jake and Isaac, and I'm like, what's that mean? As I thought that was Force Friday, and they're like, no, you idiot, it means follow Friday. I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. So then I was happy that he wanted people to follow us. What about, what about you, Isaac? Well, here's the thing. There's a, a, a mystery entity that runs the Grandma Talking Twitter account, who I happen to know personally, who I'm very good friends with. <laughs> right. And so every time... You get an alert when you, when your handle is specifically mentioned on Twitter. You'll get an alert on your phone. You can sign right. up for the notifications right on the app. Right. Convenient is right. what I gotta right. say. Twitter, good job. <laughs> Keep it up. Three hundred sixty characters. Am I right? <laughs> was, there, was there a point <laughs> to point? this? <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay. When you get that alert, it comes up on your phone, mm-hmm. and it makes you feel good because you're like, hey, someone out there in the uh, the cosmos, they're saying, hey, at whatever your handle is, I see what you're doing. I'm I'm gonna say something that has your name in it. Mm -hmm. And so Mr. Ryan Bullock consistently to this mystery entity that runs the Grand Moff Talkin' Twitter account will tag Grand Moff Talkin' in a tweet. It's like your Friday tradition. You know that that tag is coming and it makes you feel good when it happens. Yeah, you know, you like wake up in the morning and roll over and give your mate a good little kiss on on the cheek. Yep. Every morning you just count on it. Well... And... Ryan Bullock has become that little Friday morning kiss on the cheek <laughs> on Twitter. I said maid, not mate at first. <laughs> yeah, you're maid. <laughs> you turn over and kiss your maid on the cheek. Well, doesn't your maid kiss you on the cheek every morning? <laughs> no, my maid is in Manhattan. Um, <laughs> that's a stupid joke. Oh, wow. Ryan, thank you so much for tweeting at us. Hope we've probably gotten new listeners thanks to you. And you know what, Ryan? We have so few of them. We appreciate it. Ryan, at this point, you are the beneficiary of <laughs> bad pod grooming by the podcast people because at this point, there is no possible way of keeping track of how many people we've half dedicated episodes I, to. I don't even want to try. So, whoever got the last out. half one, you know what? 
You only get half one. You only get half Ryan's one. Ryan's getting this full episode. But we will oh. get back to you at some point. But full episode <laughs> first this full week. First full ep dedication. Yeah, first, first full, full ep dedication Congrats. minus Jake. So is it like three quarters of a podcast dedication or? I think we can replace Jake already. He's been gone for about 15 minutes and I'm ready to just. We literally have a seat show. filler right now. Yeah, we do. So Ryan Bullock, congratulations. First ever full uh, podcast episode dedication. Keep up the good work on Twitter. And keep Force Fridaying us because otherwise, why would we do this podcast? To be exactly. quite frank, and to be a man named Frank, <laughs> and to move along this Frankfurter of a podcast, guys. What are we talking about tonight? A book. A book. Which a book? book? <laughs> a book. A speeder. <laughs> <laughs> a ship. A cup. Uh, we're talking about Star Wars from a certain point of view. We have we briefly touched on this book, like three of us, two of us, because this was maybe pre-Jasmine. No, you were on News Gun, right? I don't remember. Yeah. PJ. Anyway, some of us decided that it needed more discussion. Jake did not feel it needed more discussion because he hates good things, uh, <laughs> like this book, and so he left, and we are going to talk about this book now, because I think everyone here at this table agrees that it's a very good book. Why does Jake hate it? He doesn't hate it. He just says he's tired of talking about books. But then he just came and talked about a just comic book for a full episode. So yeah. what, what does he say? He's getting a Nintendo Switch right now, and I'm excited for him. He just texted me that. That's it. That is exciting. Nintendo, thanks for sponsoring the show. Yeah, thanks a lot. I just bought a Nintendo Switch, guys. You like it? I haven't done my formal apology to video games yet. That's right. And I haven't done my formal apology to listeners. Oh, we need 10 minutes on the clock in total. Do I have to apologize for anything yet? I don't know. Do you feel sorry for anything? No. Okay. You're usually okay. not opening your big yapper without thinking every two seconds, so you're probably good. <laughs> Look, my true. my apologies quick. I just needed to apologize because we watched A New Hope. I'll be the judge of that. Hold on. Don't don't start it yet. And okay, start your apology. Okay, we just watched A New Hope. What last night? The night before. The night before. The night before. So we watched A New Hope a couple nights ago, and. <laughs> After watching it, I realized how big of an idiot I was to put it so low on my list of favorite Star Wars movies, and it's going to climb up and take place. I don't remember what, at all what my list was, but I know it was lower than The Phantom Menace, and that was a crime against humanity. What? Yep. Favorites, not best. Favorites. Still. Still. I know. It was crazy. So we just watched it. I loved it. I remembered how much I loved it, and it's going higher than The Phantom Menace now, and I just wanted to form formally apologize to everybody who had to hear me put it so low on my list of favorite movies. I still have 10 seconds because I said I would do this in under a minute. So again, I'm just going to apologize for where I put uh, A New Hope on my list of Star Wars movies. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Wow. By three thousandths of a second. Wow. No, I think that was Isaac. That was your finger. That was your, your yeah. reaction time. Yeah. Don't blame my finger. Blame your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame my finger, Dan. I like the face you made right after you said it. <laughs> Someone get this Twizzler away from me because it's like I'm going to eat it, but I'm <laughs> really not going that? to. Why is there a Twizzler, Twizzler laying on the snake. table? <laughs> there for no particular reason. I don't is want it. Is it dirty? It was slithering no. over to you. I mean, so? it's well beyond the five second rule, but I'm what do you eat on this ew. table? What? It's just on the table. But it's a Twizzler. That's the problem I have with it. Jake's going to love all this eating on Mike. Guess what he can do about it? I'm guessing nothing. Nothing. Okay. Okay, I'm going to actually make your... tweet out your apology length, just so the uh, people can decide. <laughs> they can, yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. My apology goes as such. On previous episodes, I've uh, given some strong opinions. I don't know strong opinions. I've just kind of stated haphazardly that I'm not as into video games as the next guy. I would kind of get a little huffy. When the video game discussions would go on for a little too long, like you'd a get a company. little bike. 
<laughs> Simpatico! <laughs> okay, so the truth is, guys, looking back, I've actually played a lot of video games in my life. Wow. Come to think of it, lots of my days as a youth were spent up in the old bedroom, playing the tunes on the uh, the old jukebox, and playing a video game with my hands. And whether it be football... Did you really have a jukebox? Yeah, he was a hero as far as I'm concerned. Oh boy, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> but, but, but football, basketball, skateboarding, Star Wars. This is a Star Wars podcast, right, guys? And zero for a minute. I, I, I promised myself five minutes. Okay, okay, okay. Five <laughs> minutes. I'm just rolling five into this. Minutes. So the, the the truth is, video games have been a large part of my life, and lately I've heard so much talk about the Nintendo Switch. From Jake, from our very own podcast, mm -hmm. from others. And I was like, you know what? This sounds kind of cool. With the recent developments in video games, in the video game industry, especially EA, you, you see some kind of greedy practices going on, a lot of pay-to-win tactics, a lot of exploitation of the consumer. We've talked about it. And then you look at Nintendo, and they say, hey, buy our system, buy our game. You can play it. You can beat it. You can have fun. Don't have to pay a penny over what you paid for it. Mm -hmm. And so I went out and I bought one. And? and you know what, guys? It's a hoot and a half. I've been playing Mario Odyssey a lot. How I many moons you got? Not important. <laughs> Not that many, then. Truthfully. Some would say it's the only thing that matters. Yeah. I'm, I'm rolling on, guys. I bought it on Wednesday. I didn't play it all <laughs> yesterday. Okay, all right. And I'm at, like, if we want to get have real talk here, it's probably somewhere in, like, the high 30s, low 40s. Okay, well, that's all right. It's a slow burn. Yeah. And you know what? I'm almost taking my time on it because I don't want it to end. I Even though it was, what, that. eight, nine hundred moons? Yeah. You gotta make those moons last. You gotta make the moon last. After that, you gotta get Breath of the Wild. I know! And that's what I'm doing. Like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna beat Mario Odyssey first and then buy Breath of the Wild. The fun's never gonna end, guys. Never. This has been so much fun playing video games. And so it's made me reconsider my stance on video games. Wow. Up so... to the point where I may actually say that I like video games. <gasps> This is big. Now, this is a big thing for the podcast, because usually Isaac is so checked out whenever we say the words video game. That's yeah, what I was. He does that. He, you should have seen the look on his face. He just checked out. Um, can you see that? <laughs> you can see it in your mind's eye. But this is this is Splinter great. Of the mind's eye. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So now you're saying when we have our KOTOR episode, mm -hmm. you're going to be fully engaged. You're going to be super interested. I'm going to be so engaged I'll have to marry it in six months. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Um, I'm glad to hear that you like video games now, and I'm glad to hear Nintendo was the, the one responsible. Well, anything else? Is it you got like a full minute? I don't know I've if you can vamp. Minute. I don't know if you can vamp for a full minute. I'll try to vape for a full minute. I'll <laughs> blow it right into the microphone as far as I'm concerned. Please do. I'm just trying to think of what else I'm gonna I've heard Did Jake said you guys play Stardew Valley? I love Stardew Valley. You should buy that game. I've been hearing a lot of great things and it's you only gotta fifteen get, bucks. You gotta get that people game. People won't shut up about it. It's worth the fifteen dollars. I've had other people tell so me about good. it. It's probably worth like thirty bucks. As In well, how it, thirty fun. seconds, tell me how good Stardew Valley is. Uh I think combined, Chelsea and I have spent something like ten years. hundred and twenty hours playing mm. that game. Probably not that much, but it's it's a lot of hours. It's, uh, did you ever play any of the old Harvest Moon games? No, I just know of them. I mean... They're better. When you describe this game, it doesn't sound like it should be a lot of fun. You're a doesn't farmer. Sound like it. You're a farmer. <laughs> you grow crops on your farm. You raise animals. 
You meet with the townsfolk. Oh, sorry, you're out of folk. time. Sounds like a great game, guys. <laughs> you the thing is, <laughs> I apologize to video games. I love my Nintendo Switch. And that is all that I have to say about that. Oh! With .04 to spare, guys. Yep, he did it. Good job, Isaac. I want to talk about how you say the word folk. Folk. You folk? say folk. Folk. And you say yolk like yolk, like an egg it's yolk. because I'm from West Virginia. I don't understand you. But okay, that's fine. I'm not from West Virginia. I just say, I'm sorry, folks. And you say lawyer. I'm sorry, lawyer. is there an L in the word folk? <laughs> or not? That's what I thought. Okay. Bring back your episode is what I said to myself. Guys, let's get back into a certain point of view because... Um, let's get into it. Because we both apologized. We we've apologized. Made up, we've made good. We've made nice. Now we're going to talk Have about this book that we all love. To your maid. Okay, so there are 40... Give me some uh, sweet deets on this book, yes. first of all. So this was... Read the copyright page. Copyright page. page. <laughs> this book was commissioned by Disney. Um... No, it, it, they wanted to do it for the 40th anniversary of A New Hope. So they got 40 different writers to write 40 different stories that all take place during A New Hope. Uh, we sort of talked about this some on our News Gunray episode, but you have like some standard Disney Star Wars writers like your Gary Wittas, your Claudia Grays, your Delilah S. Dawson's. Pablo Hidalgo writes a story. So you've got some real seasoned veterans, but you've got some new people who have never written for Star Wars, some who've never written books before, and it's just, it's really well done. It goes from the start to finish in A New Hope. It follows the beats of the story, um, but it's, like it says, from certain points of view. Um, so I don't know if we'll go through and talk about every single story in the book, but there are there are certain standout stories that we all really enjoyed. There's some that are not as great. We might not talk about them. Just because we try to be positive on this here podcast. Sure. <laughs> All the time. Mm -hmm. But there are some really great... There there are some stories in here that are probably my favorite out of the new canon, which is impressive since I don't think there's a story over 50 pages, maybe, in this book. So they're all very short, but there's some great stuff in there. Yeah. I kind of want to get like first impressions of this book or what you thought before you read it, because I know for me personally, as a Star Wars fan who podcasts the news, Gunray, mm. I thought to myself... This book sounds all right, but I've never been much of a short story guy, especially in this context. I thought it would be just like 40 stories like that kind of surround A New Hope. But what the book turned out to be, how it's more or less like a novelization of A New Hope, but just from other characters' perspectives. And it, and it's, it seriously is like, we're all like, everyone you know almost to a man is familiar with A New Hope. So this is a book just about anybody could enjoy, I think, for that fact, because... It's just kind of like a, a cultural touchstone, the beats of A New Hope, mm -hmm. like you know how the story goes. And so just getting to like follow the movie in your head and you're seeing this stuff happen in the background, it was just so cool to see. And it was in, I know you mentioned before, Riley, like a lot of these stories kind of treated the stories with the reverence they deserved. Like, and yeah. so there's a lot of silly stories in here. Yeah. Especially like when you're dealing with like sealing up kind of like plot holes and stuff. Some of it is like mm -hmm. really silly. It's really tongue-in-cheek, a lot of it, but it does it well, unlike yeah. the comic book. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes the comic books takes themselves a little, a little bit serious like that. Yeah. Infinity's on a previous episode that came out. Who knows when at this point? <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I'm touching the book, talking about how much I like the book. And so I guess we'll go around the table Rubbing and give our book. first impressions of the book, because that was my first impression. Jasmine, would you like to touch the book after you talk about it? I'm touching the book. It's true, guys. <laughs> she really is. 
Uh, I, I've only read some of the stories, no. not all of them yet. Yeah, but I did read the ones that I think everyone here agrees are probably the best ones. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're really good. Yeah. People should read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the quality of the good ones is very high. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, what are your what are your initial thoughts on this book? I just finished it last night. Mm-hmm. I wish there was more stories. Um, even starting with the first story, it just really pulls you in emotionally. Like I really never thought about the character in the first story that much. Oh yeah, you barely see him. He gets his neck crushed. Yeah, and gets mm-hmm. thrown away and. Then, like, after we, I was almost done with this book, we watched A New Hope the other night, like we talked about, and then I was, like, thinking about his backstory. So, like, when you re- when you watch the movie after reading these stories, and like, everything in there that's minute, when you watch it, mm-hmm. seems like so much more. Yeah. So, I like that the book did that for me. Yeah, it it's stuff that's not essential to enjoying mm-hmm. A New Hope. But as you're watching the movie and you see the uh, the Kubaz is the name of the species. He's got the long nose. He's the guy who rats out mm-hmm. Docking Bay 94. Where, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, did we need to know anything about that guy? Absolutely not. No, we didn't. But because they got good writers and they wrote interesting stories, that guy's story doesn't matter. But it's still kind of cool to know. And And now when I watch it. I don't think that guy's a bad guy anymore. I always thought, oh, that guy's a traitor. He's a mm-hmm. bad guy. And now I got a little more context with who that guy is, which we might talk about later. But mm-hmm. it, so it, it definitely changed my point of view <laughs> when it comes when it That's comes deep. to yeah, I know when it comes to watching A New Hope. Now it's still a great movie, and it was going to be great without reading this book. But there's just a little more mm-hmm. interesting backstory there that it, it was fun. You know, yeah. What's cool too is that. There were 40 stories in this book, and so there's no way the next time you watch A New Hope, you're going to remember all 40 of these stories. But going forward, it's like every time you watch A New Hope now, you're probably going to think of maybe like five or six of these stories while you're watching Mm -hmm. it, and stuff's going to occur to you. And so it's kind of almost, it's not like A New Hope needs resurrecting or kind of brought back (laughs) from like obscurity, but it's just kind of, it enhanced the the, the movie in that way, where Mm -hmm. you're going to think about little things, or you're going to notice one of those background characters in the canteen, you're like, oh, I knew what he was doing during Mm -hmm. that. Like that, like I already love the cantina scene so much, and then like almost all the characters you see kind of get talked about. Yeah, and it's kind of awesome. A lot of them are mentioned in one story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. So should we talk about individual stories in this book? Sure. You're the host. I don't know why I'm talking. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, pol- I, I apologize. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we need to go through story by story because there there were some clunkers for us. There were some <laughs> in the middles for us. So. As we've mentioned before, we're a positive podcast. We are we're about promoting podcast. positivity in Star Wars. We would never say a mean thing about Star Wars ever. Any of the eight movies, we would never say a single solitary word against it. <laughs> never have. And so, with that in mind, I, I kind of want to go... Let's go around the table. Mm-hmm. Go around the table once, and when I say the word from a certain point of view, what story is immediately going to jump to your mind? Jasmine! I don't remember the name, but it's the Yoda one. Okay. <laughs> Talk is, about that. There is another is what it's why called. Was yeah, it, there is why another. did it occur to you first? Oh my gosh, Yoda's so cranky, and I love it. <laughs> um, So basically, it just cuts to Yoda while he is in exile right at the around the same moment that Obi-Wan gets yeah. struck down, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's right after um, Obi-Wan dies. And it's just Yoda like going through his life and mm-hmm. thinking about like everything that's happened up to this point and you find out that he has been like 
basically dreaming about one day getting to train Leia mm-hmm. to be a Jedi that was interesting. instead of Luke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then once Obi-Wan dies and Obi-Wan comes to Yoda um, as now part of the Force and basically tells him, yo, dog, you need to... You need to train Luke, Good not advice. Leia. Yeah, and he, uh, <laughs> he throws a little temper tantrum, yeah. and I love it. It's so cute. It's very good. I mm-hmm. like this story, too. It makes me realize, no. like... No, that's what he says. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I can picture it so clearly in my head. Like, it, I didn't really realize how there's still, like, um, droids down there looking for him actively still, like, 20 years yeah, later. That was cool. And I was like, what? The this only thing time? that made me mad... Was that he threw Obi-Wan's pot at one of the droids, and then the very next scene, he just uses the force and crushes the other two. I know, like, you could have saved the pot. And this is not, yeah. we're not talking about drugs. He no. has a literal pot that <laughs> Obi-Wan pot. made. Yeah. Yeah. That he keeps flowers in or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, he has this clay pot that Obi-Wan made. He has part of Qui-Gon's robe that he uses as a blanket. Mm-hmm. And he's so lonely and mm-hmm. sad and grumpy and cranky and 900 years old and mm. i love him mm. when 900 years old you reach something something <laughs> something cranky something. as you will not be mm. <laughs> um the thing that i really loved about that story was we really get a picture of leia from that story more than yeah almost more than we get from the movie like in the movie she's very together she seems very adult um i guess she's 20 because luke is 20 and they're twins but She's been a senator for like four years, and the story is kind of Yoda coming to a realization, thanks to Obi-Wan, that Leia, it's too late to train Leia. She mm-hmm. is so set in her ways, and if, if he thinks that Luke is too impetuous and too impatient and not ready to be trained, Leia's personality might be more suited to it, but she's just so set in her ways. She's set in the rebellion, and it's he kind of missed the chance to train Leia. Do you think he also was going for Leia because he saw more Padme in her and was worried that Luke would have too much Anakin in him? That's very possible. Like, I think he does say something about like he could see them both. He could see Anakin and Padme in both of them, but mm-hmm. more so yeah. Anakin and Luke and mm-hmm. Padme and Leia. I remember... Uh, when we were talking about the Leia book, Riley, and you were teasing, yeah, I wanted the to talk fact about that, that story. Like, she's a sixteen-year-old girl who already seems pretty fleshed out as a human being, right? It's like Yoda could could see that too, <laughs> and that Yoda really was just kind of like a, a redneck out on the farm, and yeah. Leia was this like nineteen. They were both nineteen years old, but she had been of the world, and she had been different places, and she kind of had herself a lot more together than Luke did, and so like Yoda saw what the audience saw. Almost with Star Wars, and that was yeah, cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, all right, so that was Jasmine's. Yeah, Jasmine, Chelsea. When I say from a certain point of view, uh, the book, what do you think of immediately? No looking. That's not fair because I can't just remember the titles off the just top of my which head. Which story was yeah, it? What story? I am gonna look. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't. There goes the episode. Oh, shut up. Oh, the red one. The red one. Oh, that was a good cool. story. Expound. Yes, expound on the red one. Give us a brief synapsis. <laughs> the grandma talking patented uh, plot synapsis. Riley's talked a lot before of how droids really do just get mistreated, tossed aside, like they don't have emotions, like they don't have feelings, but they do. You just can't understand them because we don't speak binary. It's true. Well, and... speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you speak to I do care about droids, especially the ones I know, but I didn't get to know him until this book, and yeah. I cried. 
<laughs> yeah, so the red the red one is about the red droid at the very beginning of A New Hope when Owen and Luke are buying droids from the Jawas and they choose 3PO and then that red astromech droid. And then, again, none of these stories are necessary to make the movie work because I've always just thought my whole life that the droid had a bad motivator and he exploded. Mm-hmm. And that's right. why they had that's that why they ended up with with R2 instead. I think we've talked before about there was a bad comic book in old canon in Legends where that droid could use the force and he could sense that R2 <laughs> had an important mission, which is goofy. But this borrows from that and it it is um, R2 talking to this droid before they're sold and saying, listen, I'm on a very important mission. Please trust me. I need to get these plans to the rebellion and I can't, you know, at the first chance I get, I need to escape. Mm-hmm. I need to get out off of this sand crawler. And the droid is skeptical at first, but then for some reason, when it comes time to go with Owen and Luke, mm-hmm. he decides that he trusts R2, which... Well, I- he says he says something clicks in his mind when he mentions a rebellion. Like, mm. something's back there. It, his memory's oh, been wiped, right. but that's something right. resonated with him when he heard that, and he felt like it was his mission. Yeah. Almost near the end, like, wait, I need help, too, because this is just a part of me. I forgot <laughs> about that. That's even better. So he was possibly yeah. a rebellion droid, and then... His memory got wiped. He yeah, has no idea what happened. But he got a flash that from. Sad. It is very sad. Um, but mm-hmm. so he fakes his death, kind of. It says it describes how he overloads his circuits and makes that explosion happen in his head, but that he's all right. And then he gets a happy ending. And after all the Jawas are killed on that yeah. sandcrawler by the stormtroopers, at least one good thing <laughs> came out of that. You yeah. know what I mean? He goes to a nearby terrible. farm and joins them. So Aww. it has a happy ending, a but it's full ending. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice story. It's a cute story. <laughs> Riley, when I say from a certain point of view, the book, the first book that comes to your mind, the first story that pops into your little pea brain is... <laughs> time of death. Mm. It has to be time of death. Yummy. There are several stories that I love, but this one just took the cake for me. So this one takes place, believe it or not, at the time of death of Obi-Wan, right? It, it takes This whole story takes place within like one second, it seems like. And it's right when Obi-Wan dies, right when Vader strikes him down, he disappears. And it's told from so many perspectives. Point of views, if you will. So many point of views. (laughs) Well, one point of view, but different time periods. Like, Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan is jumping back and forth from being on his hut to being... He might even... That's one I need to reread he's a, a few times. Yeah. Is Does he, he a go, child at one point? I don't think he was a kid, but he might be, like, back in the Clone Wars or something. But it's mm. he's jumping from from different points in his life and he ends up talking does he talk to no he doesn't talk to anybody in that one so you do get a few he jumps at one point to uh the farm luke's farm uncle owen's farm and to me as much as i learned about obi-wan from this story because we get to see so many different points in his life we get to see a little bit of luke as a little kid i think he's like supposed to be five or six something like that and it is just, it was the coolest part of this story to me. Um, the farm, the Lars farm is being attacked by pirates. And Obi-Wan senses this and he goes in to rescue him because he's there to protect Luke. And um, it, it's it's presumed that Obi-Wan has had some contact with Luke and with Lars up until this point when the pirates attack. Mm. But um, after this and after Obi-Wan jumps in and he tries to protect Luke, but Obi-Wan almost gets killed by a pirate and Luke throws a toy at the pirate to distract him. And it, it shows you a little bit of, of 
the Anakin and Luke, because we don't really see a whole lot of Anakin and Luke in the movies, except for the whiny part. Like he doesn't, he doesn't really have <laughs> so that that rebellious streak. It seems that that uh, Anakin had, but this story really shows that side of Luke that he was ready to fight. He was ready to protect Obi Wan, and after this this fight, Obi Wan is rescued by Luke throwing the toy, and then um, Owen is very mad at Obi Wan and tells him he can't come back anymore, and that's why they and sort of lose contact. Him in the face. Yeah, yeah, he punches. A, yeah, he yeah. punches Obi Wan in the face. He wasn't expecting Sucker that. Yeah, could I just say? That the the detail that Obi Wan makes toys for Luke and like secretly drops that them off so and that comes cute. back. That was probably no. like the one that made the most oh little moisture I think I parts yeah. come into my eyes. Teared a little bit there. Uh-huh. I'm like, glad your eyes. Okay. I, I <laughs> okay. Moisture, help it. <laughs> moisture in my eyes. Yeah, and it goes back to him training Anakin. He's got like a little quote. He's like, "I'm not a child anymore, Obi Wan. Why must we use toys? Because they're fighting with sticks instead of lightsabers." So you you get like a little backstory of obi-wan training anakin you get him moments with luke it just goes through all of his life and it's just such a such a good story it connects all of star wars in this one 30 page story and it's great i love it isaac Isaac. (laughs) when you say a certain point of view the book what first comes to your mind isaac i gotta tell you the book that immediately comes to mind for me is I feel like the easy answer, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's that Qui-Gon story. Yeah, Master and Apprentice. That story is just... its ex- I feel like it's exactly what this book... Like, it, it that that should be, like, the, the trailer for the book. <laughs> or just, like... <laughs> sorry, yeah. Yeah, or it's, like, the, the demo for the book or the... Yeah. It's only eight pages long. Yeah. It's short. But... Because it's exactly what this... This book, from a certain point of view... It kind of gives you everything you need to know about the book. Like, this is what's going on mm-hmm. when other people are other places. Yeah. And so it's all happening at the same time. And it's also exactly what you would want a book like this to do, where Obi-Wan gets a moment where he's part of the action, but he's not on screen and not visible. And so that's the perfect opportunity for Qui-Gon to come in and talk to him. And just that that fact alone, that is like... And also the fact that Claudia Gray wrote it mm-hmm. and her reputation in Star Wars writing in the last five years, I mean, yeah, speak for itself, except for Leia, which is a poop book, which should feel <laughs> bad about itself. Sorry, Claudia. What are you going to do? I love her otherwise, <laughs> including this story. This story was great. It is something else. Guys, yep. do you have anything to say about that story? Because I, I feel like there's not much to say just because it's, it's exactly what I think mm-hmm. this book promised and delivered on. Well, I like between... That one, and then the other two we talked about, the um, Yoda one and Ben one. I like that it shows how all three of them basically think they're the reason Anakin failed. Hmm. They they all think they're the main reason. Yeah. They all think they failed, and they're all kind of a little sad about it. Yeah, that's true. They're still taking that, 20 years later, they're still taking that that failure pretty hard. You're right, because the Master and Apprentice, Qui-Gon shows up Mm -hmm. and... And Obi-Wan's just like so self-deprecating and blaming himself for everything. And Qui-Gon's... Qui-Gon... It's like, you, no, you, dude, I made you train him. That yeah, was my bad. You get Qui-Gon's inner monologue, his ghost monologue, and he's talking about like, boy, he's also like, if only Obi-Wan knew how soon he was going to join me here. <laughs> yeah, like, he, Qui-Gon kind of knows he's about to die. Or, yeah. Like, he's almost looking forward well, to it. Well, it is. Right, it says like, when he was talking about like, in the Force, like, time isn't linear anymore. So he pretty much knows what will happen yeah it's just like yeah yeah that one for me 
almost made me tear up for a different reason. Because I thought, I've always felt so bad for Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan has just had the wor- one of the worst lives in Star Wars. Everyone he loves mm-hmm. has died, most of them in front of him. And the one time he didn't kill someone in front of him or get someone in front of him killed, he turned into Darth Vader and then ruined the whole galaxy. Mm-hmm. So then he's got that on, on top of him, weighing him down, making him feel guilty, I'm sure. Every moment he sees Darth Vader do something, he's like, I probably should have killed that guy. Um, but I like that he wasn't completely alone on Tatooine. We know he's been talking with Qui-Gon this whole time, and we know he's been talking with Yoda. They seem to be communicating, too, through the Force somehow. So, I don't know, it just made me feel happy that Obi-Wan wasn't completely alone all the time. I like Obi-Wan a lot. I feel bad for the guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do like that. I remember when I was a little kid and I was watching these movies, that was always something that, like, kind of bothered me, too, like, with both Yoda and Obi-Wan. I'm like, are they are they just always alone? Or like yeah. they literally never have anybody around? Well, and I think they bring that up more in the Yoda one because it kind of sounds like he's like clinically depressed or something. <laughs> kind of he does. Just kept, he just kept repeating how lonely he is. Yeah, to he doesn't. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. What am I thinking? My my brain's gone. You're right. So cool, guys. You my, know what? Yeah. I'm the host of this episode, mm-hmm. and we didn't prepare beforehand to let you behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And so the next thing I'm going to do is give everybody five minutes on the clock. And we're all going to leaf through the pages of this book and give other highlights for okay. ourselves. Jasmine, the, your five minutes starts right I can now. Go, so I can go don't, first. Don't pick me first. Okay, no, it's it's happened. I'm the host. <laughs> no. So what, what, what else is not ready at all. I literally have read four stories. Well, talk about them four. You got more, you have more than a minute for all five. Four. Three, two, one. The one immediately after... Uh, what is that Yoda? One? The Yoda one uh-huh. is the Palpatine oh, poem. Right? Yeah, we oh, should talk about that. that and I didn't read much of it just because I didn't have time today. But just I'd read like the first page, and it's embarrassing. Kind of. <laughs> like this is insane. How does it start? It starts saying, "Communication hath just been received, in better than my fantasies conceived." Darth Vader, my apprentice and my tool. The intimidating fist by my rule. <laughs> and it, it goes on for pages. Oh, it's so pages. So embarrassing. So are we doing bad thing. takes or are we doing any takes? Any takes. Any okay. takes. Just... Desire in your little heart. Mm. Throw something in there. because This I'm is Jasmine's turn this. now. I can't speak. I don't speak. like this idea. Um, <laughs> Too bad yeah, the host is spoken. I don't think we can spoken. all fill up five minutes. It's a little hard. Wait, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, talk That's about it. Let's break right. down that comic. Let's break down that comic. <laughs> the first podcast to break down the visual medium provided in this book. <sighs> What's it called? Far Too Far Remote. Far Too Remote yeah. by Jeffrey Brown. Describe it. Uh, meanwhile, on Dantooine, there is a rebel officer. Dan the Mantooine. In front of one, two, three, four, five stormtroopers. And a box that says, Rebel Base. Yeah. And the officer is saying, something tells me. They aren't really here. Hmm. But I'm... It's a knee slapper. It's It's a classic funny that you read in the newspaper because you're like, ha-ha. It's kind of like a bad bad far side. (laughs) Yeah. But not like in a a good way. Not in a good way. No, it's just a bad far side. I'm not sure entirely why that comic is in there. Yeah. Like Gary Fartson. (laughs) Great. That was rude. Great. (laughs) 
Oh boy, you have one minute, eighteen <laughs> seconds to talk about this book. This book is so long. He's just trying to add twenty minutes to the episode. I know. He's just trying to get through this. I'm gonna cut out all the pauses and it's gonna be I like know. a one minute. It's gonna throw off our listeners, that's what it's gonna do. You're sure gonna, is. You're gonna hemorrhage our numbers. Well, well you said the Baptist is a good one too. Baptist right? is mm-hmm. a crazy story. Better religion. Yeah. Oh, I've got so many to t- I need ten minutes. I know. Why why can, am I you know what? You right can have now. ten minutes if you want. <laughs> I'm the host. And by the magic of editing, Jasmine, Yay! your five minutes has concluded, but Those it's not five minutes, five minutes filled with life. a lot of silence. Ooh, really? yeah. So, Chelsea, your five yeah. minutes has just started. What would okay. you like to talk about? I do want to talk about the Sith of Data work. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was really interesting that this is, in my opinion, a former Jedi that is kind of doing some office work. Not really doing any action. He's kind of hidden behind the scenes. I don't think he wants anyone to know, obviously, that he's a former Jedi. You, yeah, you said that to me before. I don't. Yeah, did I've never I heard that? Did I miss something what? that he's? Where he did says, I miss? While he's kind, of, you know, he's talking to himself as mm-hmm. the first person, and everything. He says, "Some call me a data work wizard, or maybe even a data work Jed." Oh, never mind that. The point mm-hmm. is, so blah, he makes blah, a little blah. Jedi pun. So Jedi I mean, joke. he obviously in this. In this story, you kind of see that he's got, he's way too smart to just be a normal person Mm because he's figuring things out crazy fast. Figuring damn. I think he was a (laughs) not just a former Sith, but a former Jedi because of the way he said that. And I'm kind of like, man, was he like pictured before anything ever seen? And you don't know his name. Yeah. No, he never says his name. At least his name. Isn't it a her? He used to have. I thought it was a her. I think he's a changeling. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you know what? It's a girl. Yeah, Arvira. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that was always Elvira, the no Arvira. Arvira. But I don't know if that was always her name. Yeah, no. I that's an interesting take. I didn't get that from it, but I didn't so even notice the like, Jedi. Joke obviously, that he made, she made. you know, no one knows. But yeah, interesting that she ended up in a job doing that, pushing just, paper. It seems like she enjoys it too. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of weird. But then Darth Vader never senses her presence or anything, so it's weird too. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about. Oh, you're gonna be. You are the Jake of the podcast. Son Lars. All right, <laughs> she's gonna Jake it up here for a minute. Oh boy, talk about Baru. You know, I. She's a fine character. She's fine. We don't get she's much fine. from Baru. Hey, this podcast. It's this, fine. It's fine. Go ahead. Talk, I have to say that now that I'm the new Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. But talk about the Baru story. The way they wrote her was so cheesy. It was so bad yeah tell talk a little bit about the story should i read a couple excerpts well or just talk about how it's how it's lamenting that she didn't get to make blue cheese the rest of her life yeah but then ended up a charred skeleton (laughs) and then and then the last thing she says should i read excerpts or no yeah are we staying away from that go for it i don't want to dwell on that excerpt we can certainly (laughs) read them let's see here just the last thing she says. Now go drink your milk. May the force be with you. Yeah, it, the Just whole the real whole story hokey. is written real casually, <laughs> and it's at, like after she's dead, and I'm not sure who she's talking to. Look here, here's the one. Look, I get it. To most people, I'm just Luke Skywalker's aunt Peru, the old lady who's always bustling around the kitchen, pouring everyone blue milk. I'm the one who wouldn't stop nagging Luke's uncle Owen to get into the academy already. Writing this book, this story post mortem was an odd choice. Very yeah. odd. That's where it, because it doesn't fit with the rest of the book. No. Aside from the Jedi, everything else is written when people are alive, and it's written like something you could uh-huh. actually see. Yeah. And this is the only story that is kind of just like, why? Where did this come from? This yeah. book definitely succeeds at being silly in a good way, mm-hmm. but yeah. I feel like this story and the Will story for me is where it goes over the line. I had some issues <laughs> to where with like, the Will story why at first. Why is mm-hmm. this even in here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's just, it makes it hokey, and it makes her sacrifice seem like, okay, great, go away now. We'd like to read the next book in here, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know, they could have made her a nice emotional story or something. It, but... it would have been terrible, but we could have gotten a story when the stormtroopers show up, and her thoughts then. It would have just been like, more meaningful. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm with you. All Why right, what else? Make... How you, much time do I have? You got a minute and ten seconds. You might talk about this one, too. But I am going to talk about that one, but you can go I'll, I'll touch a little bit on it. Stories in the sand. Man, that was cute. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about it. It's about Jot the Jawa, mm-hmm. and he has a little hidden compartment in the thingy. The big thingy. What is that called again? Sandcrawler. There you go. And he plays back memories from all the droids that he's supposed to wipe. He sees some interesting things. And, you know, you think of those Jawas as kind of mindless. Kind of mm-hmm. like, we don't even see their faces, we don't know them, so it's nice to see some emotion, and he's, like, so small. He's even small by Jawa standards, it says. Yeah, he's a runt. So he's cute. You're probably going to talk about it more, I won't take it all up, but <laughs> I just, I don't know. All these stories are pretty darn good, yeah. except for... There's just a couple. The poem. The poem. I agree with that. <laughs> I didn't even want to read it. I just, but I forced myself. Yeah, to read the poem the for me, thing. it rode the line, and I yeah. feel like it, it. It was like fifty-one forty-nine for me on the good side. And then the comic just. The comic is just nothing. You should have just left it out. Yeah. Just yeah. Left it out. Gone with thirty-nine stories. And, go- and your five minutes has concluded. Wow, great timing. You know what, Riley? Yeah. When I say from a certain point of view, the book. That means you have five minutes on the clock. From a certain point of view, the book, your time has started. All right, so I'm going to start with what Chelsea was just talking about, Stories in the Sand. I was probably going to get this book when it was first announced, but I am, Jake's not here, so I can talk about this. I'm a huge fan of another podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me. I'm a fan of anything the McElroy brothers do, really. So when I saw that Griffin McElroy was writing a story for this book, and to my knowledge, he has never written books or anything before. Um, I was very interested. So when I got it, that's the first story I went to because I just wanted to see what it was like. And I was not disappointed. Like Chelsea said, it's it, it does the same thing where it connects all the eras. But it, it's from Jot's point of view, the Jawa, but it's kind of also from R2's point of view mm-hmm. because he's watching all of R2's memories after he gets captured by the Jawas and he's supposed to erase R2's memory because that's what they do when they get a droid. Um, but he sees... He it like flashes back in R2's memory to him saving the ship on Naboo, to being in the droid factory, to being in Geonosis. It goes through like all of R2's history. And then um he sees that the the latest adventure that R2's on is still happening, and he's like, I can't erase this one. So he lets R2 keep his memory, and then of course we know what happens with R2. And he after what he sees on R2's memory, he decides to leave Tatooine and go start his own adventure because he's not happy there anymore. And it's just a nice little heartwarming story that I loved. Do you think he left right away? Yeah, it seems like I he really did. hope he did. Yeah, I, it seemed like he was like immediately leaving. Good. So I think he made it off the sand crawler. So I'm happy. You know what the story did? It gave me hope that as a podcaster, you too can write for Star Wars. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> that's seriously what it was like. Like Griffin McElroy is just a fan. He's not a, a real writer. He is a good writer as mm-hmm. you know shown in this story but he's not it's not his profession so it was yeah it was kind of cool who are the non-writers like him and will wheaton will wheaton and... pablo i don't think really writes either he's not, yeah not a he's just a story group author. guy but yeah he doesn't write books so there's a there's a lot of that um the will wheaton book was kind of good 
No, wait, that was Lena. I don't remember that one. Sorry, Will. I don't remember your book or your story. That's how good it was. Yeah. Um, what else do I need to talk about? There was something else. Oh, Duty Roster was probably my other favorite book or favorite story in this book. It is um, <laughs> one of the things that has always made me laugh is that in A New Hope, the guy that Luke is talking to at the end when they're talking about their plans to destroy the Death Star and Luke's like, oh, I've hit womp rats back home that are no bigger than two meters. That guy in the script is supposed to be Wedge Antilles, but obviously it's not the actor that they got to play Wedge. It was before they had Dennis Lawson or whoever his name is. And so... From Rescue Me? From Rescue Me. <laughs> no, that's Dennis Leary. <laughs> um, but so it's always just been a, a dumb inconsistency that doesn't really matter. But this book is told from that guy's point of view and everyone calls him fake wedge because they think he looks like wedge and he gets confused all the time. Wedge is a better pilot than him. And he's always like playing second fiddle to wedge and he gets annoyed because everyone calls him that. And he's got like some serious anger issues and he doesn't get chosen to fly against the death star. Cause they're out of, they're out of um, ships because Scarif just happened they have way more pilots than they have X-Wings. So he doesn't get to go. Wedge gets to go. And you're, you're getting the point of view of everyone on Yavin while they're listening to almost every pilot die. Everyone but Wedge and Luke dies. So this guy is just like, he he gets, like he melts down before they all fly up there because he's mad he didn't get picked. He's mad everyone calls him fake Wedge. And after what he sees Wedge do... And how he makes the decision to come back instead of sacrificing his life like everyone else did in the fight. He has like a complete change of heart. It's such a good story. It's it's really emotional story that starts as a, a minor fix to a dumb inconsistency in the script of A New Hope. And it they turn that into such a great emotional story. And that's why I love this book so much is it takes these little nuggets these little kernels because i could talk about so many more stories but it takes these little nuggets of a new hope and it fleshes them out to a, a degree that is that makes them their own really great story something we didn't need but now every time i watch that I, i'm gonna look at that guy and i'm gonna think of this story mm -hmm. and how much i loved this story because he's the only one who goes to wedge after they come back everyone is over at luke's ship really excited he goes to visit wedge and just say how proud he is and now they're friends so it's it's just a, a great story that adds a lot to a new hope and great time. guys we've done so good on the it. allotted five minutes yeah now let's see as a do. host i'm so proud okay <laughs> isaac i will give you five minutes on the clock to talk about from a certain <gasps> point of view and your time begins now so guys i just want to hit on some stories like some of the biggies that no one's uh, talked about yet and uh, the first one i want to talk about is the the, uh, the Alderaan book with uh, Bale and Brea. Mm. And mm. that's another story where I feel like when this book was announced or when you got this book in your hands, you're like, ooh, I hope there's a story that takes place on Alderaan in the, in the final moments. <laughs> and I hope that it delivers. And I really think that's... I It's one of those things where the the people who wrote these stories wrote them for free. Like, they all the proceeds from this book went to, like, mm -hmm. some sort of charity. I think it was, like, donating yeah, books. Yeah, no, like, no one made money off of this. Yeah. And so it was it's it was pretty low pressure I think for a lot of these people. Yeah. Especially like the cute little Jawa story. It was a great story, but it's not like people picked up the book thinking I'm going to read about a cute little Jawa. 
but people got this book thinking, I'm going to read a story where Obi-Wan talks to Qui-Gon, and I'm going to get a story where, like, Bale and Brea get blown up. And so... <laughs> and they deliver. I forget, what's the face of the person that wrote this book? Was it called Eclipse? Am I thinking mm-hmm. right? Eclipse, yeah, Eclipse. Okay, let me see the page number. Vax takes takes place on... Okay. Here. Madeline Rue Rao? R-O-U-X? Rue Rao? Ro, I will choose I no to idea. pronounce your name in a, in a Ro, way. Probably Rowe, like foe, right? Sure. Sure. Madeline Rowe, come on the show. <laughs> for the first time ever a uh, show invitation has included rhyme but i really just in, in enjoyed that story because it i feel like it really delivered on the the premise of this book where you get some this was one of those this was not a silly story where this book kind of ranged from like super silly to tearjerker and this was definitely in the latter category mm-hmm. and it also even had little elements like the tragic irony of like brea being like concerned because she hadn't seen bail for a while and so, within the context of the story, she's really excited that he's back home. But the, the reader's like, oh, I wish he'd stayed on uh, yeah, yeah. a little bit longer. And also, I, this that story did a good job of, like, beating around the bush, too. Like, it beat around the bush in a good way where it didn't get right to, like, the plan mm-hmm. explained. Didn't, like, some a few days even elapse? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, from when possible. Bale got back yeah. to, to Alderaan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, that's one thing that really, like, that, that story ended up delivering so well. And also... The fact, like, that they were holding each other when the planet exploded. And the fact that really tore me up is that they think Leia's dead. Wow. Like, like she holds on to hope. Oh, I forgot about that. She holds on to hope, but they've gotten, like, in A New Hope, Vader says, inform everyone that everyone on the ship is dead. But at the end, they were like, they'd say something like, I'm sure she's alive. Yes. She, Brea still believes that she's alive. She feels that she's alive, but they, they've been told that Leia is dead. So it's Mm -hmm. like a bummer on top of a bummer. Uh. Yeah. Great story, guys. I have two minutes left. <laughs> I will touch on two more stories with one minute each. The first one is Contingency Plan. Oh, that's the good uh, story of Mon Mothma and how it, her contingency plan for if the rebellion fails. And that was such a good story because like, she was basically going through the scenarios in her head of like, okay, this is what's going to happen mm-hmm. if this happens. This is what's going to happen if this happens. And yeah. so like, we don't see her until Return of the Jedi, and but we see her in Rebels. And so we know she's there. And so not only did this story provide us another little tiddly bit of an explanation for, hey, where's Mom Mothma? This is where she was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she was getting the heck off of there so that some semblance of the rebellion could survive. And so, yeah, we got to see what she was doing. We got to see what would happen under different scenarios and how she was going to explain herself to different people. That's a story you should read if you pick up this book. All these stories that we've mentioned are definitely money ones that if you pick up this book, it's going to be worth your time. Mm-hmm. And the last one, The Angle by Charles Sewell. Charles Soul, Soul. I'll say Soul. Soul. That was the Lando story. And I mean, oh, that's right. Neat part about that is if you haven't, if there's one, I've heard this opinion before, and I definitely hold it, of all of the new canon comics from Marvel, if there's one part of the new run you should read, it's the Lando miniseries. It is, I haven't read all of the stuff. I've read all the miniseries so far, and except for Darth Maul, but all the older ones I have. And that is by far the best. Like, it has a really nice little character study of the dynamic between Lando and Lobot. Yeah. And that's another tearjerker at the end if you haven't read that miniseries. But the story that I'm supposed to be talking about (laughs) with Lando, (laughs) that was explaining where he was when the Death Star blew up. And you kind of got to see a little little inkling into what Lando was up to during this time. He's like, oh, Han Solo, what the heck? And my time is about up now. But that's another one you should read from a certain point of view. It's true. Stop. Oh, you are second over. Uh, I just want to say real quick about that 
that Lando story. It's so cool because you can see the beginning of Lando becoming a rebel in that story, even though he betrays Han and everybody in, in Empire. He, um, when he sees the Millennium Falcon, they've got like footage of the Death Star exploding. And when he sees the Falcon there and he knows Han's in it, he's like, what is it? He's never been a hero. Why is he, why mm-hmm. is he deciding to help these people? That's not like Han at all. And then it go. he keeps going through it. And he's like, maybe it was like, why? I don't understand why you do that. Why would he choose to be the hero? Why is he, is there mm-hmm. something to this rebellion? Right. Why is like and he's talking himself into believing into the rebellion, even though he doesn't do it for a while. Yeah, you can see he's like Han Solo well, would never be the hero, neither right. would I. He's like it's in like, the, yeah, and he's like, I think I'm. It's like he's like, what am I missing? Yeah, that's so, what it was. That's what he says. He's not happy right now with no. his life. Like he thinks that's all there is, and that's all he's good at. But I don't know. It gets into it. Like just he can't even afford a drink for himself at one point, just because right. the way he lives. He's a con man all the time. He's not oh, yeah, because he lost That's all of his security. money because the Empire came in and shut down the right. operation, yeah. and Lando was, like, way ahead. Yeah. He hadn't cashed in yet, and so they sent him out, and, yeah, he doesn't have a dollar. Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. you're right. That's what he says. What am I missing? And I and I like that, mm-hmm. that he's not happy with his current life, just like Han wasn't happy with he his current life. He just didn't know any He doesn't know he any other know. way. Yeah, he didn't know any other way. He doesn't know any other life. That, that story made me very hopeful for Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just very excited mm-hmm. for donald glover solo i've made this known on the podcast this has nothing to do with a certain point of view but Mm -hmm. i like more lando acting matters to some people (laughs) so guys what i love about these sort of episodes with the book most people sure um Mm -hmm. i I love talking about these stories because it reminded me of how good this book was because i knew i loved it Mm -hmm. and then i'm like why did i love this book so much and then we talked about it i'm like darn it that's why i loved it i'm probably gonna read this book again real soon i was thinking i could read it again for sure i read it and i listened to it and i'm probably gonna read it one more time i'm probably gonna finish it you probably should finish that finish it tonight there's there's really (laughs) only honestly (laughs) out of the 40 stories there's probably only three that i actively disliked there were a couple that were just okay but there's only three that i didn't like i kind of just want to hear the mouse droid one i don't know oh but, it's yeah. all I I'm trying to be, I'm it. trying to be positive. Yeah. That's just a personal preference where mm-hmm. stories with a bunch of schematics in a story. Mm-hmm. That was that, that was, was that, tough to read. That was a Michael Crichton trope that I absolutely hated <laughs> and I was so upset when I saw that in a real life book again. Yeah. It was I could not bring myself to listen to that one cuz I couldn't as well, as tough book. as it is to read like an inner droid monologue like reading binary it's even harder to listen to someone read it to you. So I couldn't I couldn't listen to that one on the audiobook. But anyway. <laughs> closing arguments, Jasmine. Is good book. Chelsea, closing arguments. Am I supposed to argue something? Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, sure. Get <laughs> your argument. Best Star Wars book I've read in a while. Oh, snap. Riley, closing argument. Possibly best Star Wars book I've read. Definitely my favorite mm. book that I've read in the new canon. Um very good book. A plus would read again. Right on. That's Isaac. kind of me too. Okay. Closing arguments, Isaac. <laughs> yeah. Isaac, here's the thing. A lot of these books have been good from the point where you get done, you're like, that was a good book, guys. Mm-hmm. But the 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 emotion that I felt at the end of this, like, man, that was a good book. That was really good. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know, a lot of these stories, like you don't feel refreshed after that that's not a negative. It's not something I feel like that's required of a book. But this is a, a book mm-hmm. you felt refreshed after you were done with it. Mm-hmm. You're like, that was a 
I enjoyed Ripple that. And yeah. I have a second closing argument. I want more of these. That's yeah. the other thing. I was hoping for I that. really hope Hopefully they someday. do this for Empire and oh, Return man. of the Jedi. Yeah, because yeah. this book was a cold soda on a summer day. That's what it was. You could so easily do this. There are so many little characters in both of yeah. those movies. Wampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't, we didn't talk about the, <coughs> the craziest story, the Baptist. Oh. All the Which is the Dianoga story. <laughs> that. That I don't even just trust me. Go buy this book, read that story first. <laughs> I don't know why. Read it first. It's such a crazy story. It's told from the point of the view, point of view of the the monster and the trash compactor and the Death Star, yeah. and it is it goes it goes places way more than I would think. It goes it, weird it places, go. and it's great. Yeah, I love. Like I said on the Phasma episode, which no one listened to, make Star Wars weird again. I love yeah. <laughs> weird Star Wars. Maswa. <laughs> Specifically, yeah. <laughs> when we watched that scene when we were watching A New Hope, I was just thinking yeah. to myself about all the parts, and I, I was know. like, this is so She's like a force right sensitive. Now. You know, Dianoga. every time we mention a story in this book, we're like, Guys, go out and buy the book. So, you know what? Buy the book. You know what? Lucasfilm Disney, you're welcome. You're That's welcome. We've, we've possibly sold one more copy. Actually, we did sell a copy. I think Mac bought it because of us. No kidding. And I know he enjoyed it. So, you're welcome. Proceeds to whatever welcome, Mac. this goes to. Mac and me. Guys, Looks on Disney. Send us a check, please. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be affiliated. <laughs> please affiliate us. Like. Make us your official podcast. Oh. <laughs> All of, guys, if you would like to interact with any of us uh-huh. for any reason, mm-hmm. Jake's not here right now, but if you go to uh, Jacob Kreitz on Twitter, I guarantee you he'll be there he in will. mind, soul, and spirit. If you go on Twitter and type in at IREC and then type something after that, you'll uh, contact me after you hit that send button. <laughs> Jasmine would prefer not to be named. Jazzbrock underscore on Twitter. Uh, at Twitter. Ryle Bowman at Twitter. Uh-huh. We have a new guest who's would shaking her guess? head when I'm talking about Twitter. I just don't have much to say on there, but... You've follow retweeted on... some stuff. Yeah, I've retweeted some Twitter. stuff. Maybe you'll find me. What is it? Chels? E? Chill, chill underscore underscore something. C. Oh, chill Chelsea. underscore underscore C. Her name's Chelsea. Yeah, and she goes by <laughs> Chelsea. Her handle is Chelsea. Hey. I've got my mouth on the Jeremy. Yeah. You don't know where Are that's you, like, been. Using that microphone. Good butt. news is you always use. This the one tastes one, like so. armpit. <laughs> don't ask me how I know that's, that. Guys, that's the one Jake always uses. So, oh, gosh, appropriate. Yeah. If you would like to interact <laughs> with us via email, grandmoftalking at gmail dot com. But who does that anymore? Certainly not our listeners. And if you would like to interact <laughs> with us, read an email this episode. On our Discord. <laughs> True words. Our Discord is alive. Oh, yeah. It's thriving. Join our Discord. It's, it's so much fun. Sentient plant rooted into we, the depths of our heart. We get into arguments all the time. About like the office and about not the office. Star Wars. About stuff. eating in the microphone. About James Bond being the worst film franchise in history. Jake won't shut up about Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> Riley changed his handle on everything in honor of this <laughs> fact. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Oh, so guys, if you want to be invited to that, talk to Riley, I suppose, because I don't know what to do yeah. to get you on the Discord. Find us, e- email, Twitter, we'll send you an invite to the Discord. Mm. And with okay. that, guys, if we have no more... Uh, it's kind of like a late-night pod grooming, you know? Like, at, at the beginning, it's like you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you put on yeah. your pants. You gotta this brush your teeth like before the, bed, too. Yeah, you, but this time you take off the pants. We're gonna <laughs> take it, We're taking off the pod pants. Yep. <laughs> And we're brushing our pod teeth, <laughs> and we're letting down our pod hair and taking out our pod makeup. Now, if you let down the pod hair, that means something on Alderaan, <laughs> doesn't it? 
We learned that. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? It depends on how you behave that day. Go boy. I'm so confused. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's because like, you don't listen to the show. Kiss on the jaw from a eligible bachelor or Paolo on Alderaan. Is that in the Leia, Leia story? Or? Yeah, it's in the Leia book. Oh, you know, Chelsea doesn't listen to the podcast. Leia so. Princess of Alderaan at gmail.com. I don't even com. know what this is. What are we doing here? This has been a delicately curated <laughs> long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga tailored to the modern fanatic. Brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Dead Jake. Hi. Asman. <laughs> Oh god, Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea killed me. I'm sorry. That laugh. And Riley? Uh, re- read this book, but give Disney all your money. And I've been Isaac this whole episode. Didn't say Jasmine. I promise you I did. Did, did you? Yeah, oh, I'm I sorry. think I'm in that book. In that yell? <laughs> Ooh, Goodbye. That yell's gonna be bye. You know, you should have worn headphones, Riley. Oh, they killed me. I got a loud laugh. Hey, speaking of Wampa, where are you? Isaac, this bit is not working. It's You're not just working, using this yeah. as an excuse to watch TV. I disagree. <gasps> There's only five minutes left in the game. Why would I do that? <laughs> because it usually takes 20 minutes to finish a football game that has five minutes. That's why you look like a mess. He's going to the bathroom. We're going to lose him, too. <laughs> him and Jake can be together, though, in holy, matri- holy uh, toilet matrimony. <laughs> There's something splashing in there. Should we go look? Splish splash. He was taking a bath. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's a Saturday night. What else are you going to do? <laughs> Take a bath. Celebrate the winning of the <laughs> That's what you do. That's what men in America do before weddings for international <laughs> listeners. You all take baths and toilets. I don't know what's happening. In lieu of a bachelor party. Okay. If what I you, did. If you fits, you sits, and you take a bath. Yeah. Riley, how was your toilet party? <laughs> it was all right. I drank a lot of alcohol. Okay, so... <laughs> um,